Welcome to the 405 Podcast. My name is Ken Grandpierre, and today's chat is with Pronoun. Pronoun is the project of Elise Vertura, a talented songwriter who found herself making music again and crafting a beautifully creative EP in the process. That EP is called There's No One New Around You, and it's one of those EPs that I found myself listening to again and again. On this episode, you'll hear how the EP came together and how Elise found herself making music again. This is the 405 Podcast with Pronoun. So, cheers. Thank you for sitting with me. It's good to be with you, Liz. Of course. Yeah. So, let's start right at the start because, you know, looking into, like, you and, like, what you do with music, it was... I, I'm always fascinated when I find out that someone's been making music for, like, a really long time, and I'm, you have a bit of a background of writing music throughout the years, so... Yeah, I mean, I started when I was, like, 14-ish, um, and I think I honestly found Dashboard Confessional. And, yeah. yeah, I found a mark of mischief brain scar, and that made me want to learn guitar, and I started writing my own songs and doing that for a while, probably, like, all throughout high school, and I was like, I'm going to be Paramore. Like, <laughs> I wanted to be, like, Haley Williams, like, with an acoustic guitar, so I, like, wanted to be, like, a crossover between, like, Paramore and Dashboard Professional. And that's a good niche to figure out. I don't think right? that's even, I don't even think that's been taken time. yet. Yeah. yeah. I can still do it. Yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Just switch it up again. But um, I did that, and then I ended up going to school for music, and I got to Berkeley, I went to Berkeley College of Music, and I got there, and as I quickly realized, I was not as talented as I thought I was. Um, not in a negative way. Yeah. I was a little older, and I was, like, happy with my life, so I was like, well, I mean, where else do I fit? Like, what, what should I do here? What else am I interested in? How old were you at the time? Like, 20. I was about to turn 21. Wow, that's interesting time, especially in the States. That's interesting time to go to yeah, school. Yeah, yeah. I took a year off. I went to another college for a year. Yeah. Took a couple semesters off and worked in Harvard Square for a bit and then started Berkeley. I was basically, like, applying to Berkeley waiting to get in. Like, I didn't get in the first time. And yeah. I was like, I don't know what else to do. Like, this is the only place I could go. So, yeah. so um, I quickly, like, started figuring out what else I wanted to do. And I started with uh, doing music production engineering, like, that major there. So I was recording other bands and learning about, like, miking techniques and, like, consoles and mixing and all that kind of stuff um and i picked up business halfway through just to because i was like well i'm here anyway so i might as well try to learn on the business standpoint too yeah um and really liked recording other bands and really liked producing music and when i graduated ended up going to uh into a business job into a management company um as the assistant to these two record executives who were awesome it was a great starter job but i started feeling like kind of out of place or just weird i didn't feel like myself so i brought all my gear up and started like just making music again just like fun beats like it was yeah. never anything so i would do that every once in a while for a couple of years and then i went through a bad breakup and that's when i ended up like making the cp and making full songs that were my own yeah, yeah. Um, which is what eventually brought us to here for you being mm-hmm. pronoun and having yeah. this <laughs> very complete sounding ep like i definitely want to go into that but you know going to what you were saying before uh particularly about berkeley um I find it really fascinating that you had this idea, this well clear idea that you knew this is where you wanted to be. Was it also an aspect of the fact that like a part of you felt like maybe you'd find your people there? Because like when I went yeah. to school, I very much thought like part of it was that maybe I'd find people I'd relate to there. Yeah, I don't really know. Maybe a little bit. I definitely like did a hundred percent. Well, I think I did way more than I thought I would. I think I originally wanted to go there because I just wanted to be famous. And I, everyone 
that had been there would go there for a couple semesters and then go do their own thing and there have been a lot of successful things that came out of it but I ended up like I still hang out with those people like the people I met at Berkeley like every day like Joey like we were saying and yeah. like my ba- my bassist went, is one of my oldest friends from Berkeley like he lived across the hall from me my first semester yeah. and like um all of, like so many people that I've known since I was like 20 and they all just a lot of them are in New York um, that's amazing yeah it's so incredible and you don't realize it until like you leave it and then you're talking to other people that yeah. didn't have that same experience and I think everyone kind of has a general understanding of each other where like everyone was artists in some way or another and being an artist can like be very like lonely it's like so self-deprecating and it's no, like no it can be yeah like what a crippling self-doubt and like all these things and it's hard and you're broke and like everyone's better than you and you're it's so easy to get down on yourself and get in your own head so I think we've all like helped each other a lot getting through all these different phases whether it be like you graduate and then all of a sudden you're back out into a small a huge what a huge ocean again where you don't know anyone and you don't know like what it's going to be like moving to another city and trying to make it all over again in the music world no absolutely Um, so yeah no, I could, I totally understand that, especially with what you were talking about, just like, you know, being an artist, something that I found with it, it's, it feels so weird. I've spent so long, I spent a majority of my time being an artist, not admitting that I was one, but I guess that's some like proper, like middle slash working class guild in time. <laughs> but like something I found telling my friends who aren't artists often is like, there's so much that goes on in your head that yeah. you're almost trying to like suppress throughout the rest of the day, just to like stay yeah. sane. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, you know, going um, uh, into the breakup that you brought up, you know, something that I found really interesting with, like, breakup albums and songs, and even, like, books, really, is that, like, I've always find myself wondering, did the person who made this think that this work was going to end up being about the breakup? Like, when you made this EP, did you feel... I mean, surely you wrote the songs that, like, they had the mm-hmm. themes that they did, but when you were done and you got to, like, listen to it fully and look at it, were you kind of surprised that, like... It ended up being about what it's about. No. Oh, no? But just because I wrote it so quickly. Like, I wrote, like, probably, like, cumulatively, I wrote it in, like, five days. Holy shit. Because I wrote, yeah, it was, like, I wrote basically a song a day. I mean, granted, it was over the course of, like, a month and a half or so, but usually I would come home from work and I would start working on a motif or something, and it would, like just start developing into something and I would finish it that night or I'd finish like the writing and like the form of the entire song that night so I kind of I mean I was planning I wanted to do a full length first because yeah. um, honestly like Julian Baker I just put out her record and I was like I feel like if this is supposed to be a full length you should make it a full length like hers definitely should have been a full length yeah. and I was working on a couple other songs I was getting I just feel like I had said all that I needed to say on the CP and then even listening to it in order, I was like, that was what surprised me. Like, listening to it in order, I was like, whoa, wait a second, this is a story. Yeah. Where, like, when we finally started to figure out where the tracks, like, what the track listing should be and what order they should be in. Um, but no, for the most part, I was, it was just, like, all I was writing about was the breakup. So I figured, I, yeah, that was a conscious thing. I mean, it was the only thing keeping me sane, so. No, yeah. <laughs> and I can imagine. And also, I just want to delve really quick into, like, I mean, massive respects of you of, like, working a full-time job and then being able to, like, have the energy to, like, create afterwards. Because, I mean, that's something that I feel like a lot of people, I don't think the massiveness, the scope of that can be, like, understated, like, what a big yeah. thing that is. To just come into here and to find yourself going, like, I have to do this and have yeah. to get this out. So that's huge. Thank you. Oh. I mean, it took a while. 
<laughs> it was it was hard. I mean, for a very long time, it almost felt like jade. I felt a little jaded and kind of lost the art part of music because I was so involved in the business end and I wasn't creating at all. Um, but then at one point, I was like, I've lost everything. Like, what do I have left to lose? Like, write a song. If it sucks, don't put it out. Like, what's the big deal? It's interesting <laughs> how like one of the darkest places that you could end up could also almost be one of the best bits. Cause like you know, yeah. it's when you said jaded just now, I almost wanted to interject and be like, well, we're in New York City, like we're all jaded. Yeah. yeah. But that's like so like it's funny, but it's also weird at times because it's like here we are surrounded by artists. It's amazing being surrounded by so much creative people. But I'm sure you've experienced this too, where you'll be around other creative people and you want to like maybe share ideas or just talk about creative stuff, and it's almost like this weird like. It's like, I feel like so many people posture so much in New York that sometimes you don't really know how to express yourself mm-hmm. amongst other people. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that was always something I struggled with, and it was until South by that I looked back and I was like, whoa, you're doing exactly what you wanted to be doing right now. Which is, I mean, I felt like I didn't relate to people in the business end that much. Like, I loved my job, and I loved I love everyone I work with, and I love that aspect, but there was just something that, like, I was like, I don't feel like I can relate to these people fully. It's like a bit of a detachment. Yeah. Not a detachment, but, like, a bit of, like... I, I found this, too, sometimes in places where it's like, I'm working at a place that's, like, similar to my interests, mm-hmm. where, like, everything should be cool, but there's so much other stuff I want to mm-hmm. do that you almost find yourself thinking, like... Do these people want to do other stuff yeah. too? Like, what are they thinking? About? Yeah. And then I was looking at ar- ar- artists on the other end and being like, uh, I don't know, like, I-, I didn't know how to relate to them really either because I didn't feel creative and I didn't, f- I don't know, just like, but I felt like I related to them so much and like all of my friends are so creative and then it wasn't until like, I don't know, I like started collaborating with some, I don't know, you just don't, I don't know, I didn't feel like, this is so dumb, but like cool enough. No. I was I like, why do they be, like, why would they want to talk to me? Like, why would this guy want to remix my song? Like, why would I even That ask? doesn't sound dumb at all like, to me. I mean, like, yeah. I feel like so much energy here is spent trying to convince people that you are cool. Yeah. That in your head you're thinking, like, oh my god, these people think I'm cool. Yeah. <laughs> you're like, well, they answer my email? Like, what? <laughs> like, they want to get drinks? Um, and, yeah, that's what I did with the rework EPs. I ended up messaging a bunch of artists that I found on Discover Weekly to reproduce all the songs from the EP and in their own production style. And one of them, um, his name is Charlie. His artist name is Charles Fauna. And he ended up living in Brooklyn. We ended up getting a drink together. And now he, like, plays drums for me. He's going, he went to South by with me. I signed to my label that I made. We're putting out music together. That's huge. He remixed one of the songs. And, yeah, it's just, like, and then being on the road with this kid, Adrian, who's Yokelore. Um, who, uh, I, I, I love, love Adrian. Yeah. I know Adrian. He's yeah. amazing. Yeah. Like, when, they were, when I suggested, I probably shouldn't be saying this, but when I, like, suggested, like, going on tour with him down to South by, and they were like, yeah, let's do it. I was like, what? That like, was gonna be, I am cool. Like, that was going to be one of my questions, yes. actually, because I know Adrian. <laughs> I love him to death. He's yeah. fucking amazing. Yeah. And I saw that you guys toured together. Yeah. He's like one of the most subversively positive people you could be around. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't think he's aware of how positive he is. Yeah, by the time we had like, gotten to Brooklyn from picking up the band in Jersey, I was already like, whoa. <laughs> he really could make you think about you. Oh, yeah. Uh, he was like, why are you called a pronoun? And, and I was like, I don't know, guess. And he, like, went off. And I was like, oh, my God. That's amazing. I was like, I never thought about that And in your head, you're like, oh, my God. Where, I need to press I know. I was so angry. I didn't, like, have my, like, phone recording. Um, but he... Um, I was friends with him on Facebook just through, like, Berk- Like, he didn't go to Berkeley, but he worked with a couple of my friends, and I got to shows that he was at, and I saw him announce the Savannah Stopover Festival the same day I did, and I was like, wait, like, 
how are, we, how are we getting there? Because everyone was kind of, I feel like, in that boat where you confirm, you confirm Savannah staff over a festival and you're like, yeah, now I have to tour to South by. And you do it like in October, yeah. November. And then it gets to be February and you're like, fuck. How are we getting there? Like, now we have to tour. We can't fly. We have to get a van. Like, yeah. how are we going to cover the expenses? We have to play on the way down. How do we um, book the shows? Yeah, how do we book the shows? So, um, me and, and his manager, Kelly, did most of the dates down. And, I mean, we didn't do too many, but it was super fun and we just shared a van together. And uh, shout out to Kelly. She's properly. Oh, good. yeah. She's awesome. She's amazing. So that was super, super fun. But it was things like that, like just sitting in the van with all of them, being like, this guy finally discovered Wakely's play, like in the back. Adrian's driving the car. Like, we're going to play a secret show in Savannah. Like, it's just like, <laughs> what? Like, how is this real right now? How did that run end up being? Particularly like that, a secret show in Savannah. Because imagine a lot of uh, scat kids probably came. The uh, school of art. Yeah, I mean, Savannah Stopover in general. Have you heard of it? Uh, vaguely. Yeah, vaguely. it's super, super fun. And um, it's like a mini, like a really mini South By, and it's to help bands get to South By. So it's like you have a guaranteed gig on the way. Um, and f- helps out financially a bit, but, um, where was I going with this? Oh, it was, it was incredible. Like, there, I, I played one show, we were there the whole time too, so it's like, I played a show on Thursday, S- Friday I had a secret show, which was fine, because like, it was in the listings, so like, oh, wow. a fair amount of people came, and it was a super weird but cool venue, it was like this historic mansion, and like, oh. we were up on this like, kind of stage, it was like a a cubby though like it was cement walls all around you which made it hard to hear a little bit <laughs> but then looking out it was like this beautiful garden and like a bunch of people came and then adrian played the last night so i think we had a different experience because all of us got to stay for all three days that's amazing so we got to see bands like i got to see Jar- charlie bliss who i love oh, francis cone um so it was super super fun and just small and like everyone that was there was super was extremely friendly so that's amazing yeah you know something that you hear musicians talk about a lot i mean there's a lot of things really but like something you always hear is that like the live show ends up being like an affirmation of like doing what you should be doing and like mm-hmm. feeling like you, you spend the whole day building up to that mm-hmm. does it feel that way for you or particularly like when you were doing shows like that where you would look into a crowd or even just look at your bandmates and be like wow i'm doing what i want to be doing kind of it really depends like if that was the first time that I was playing people that I didn't know, for the most part. I mean, like, all, like I had played in New York, like, I probably only played three shows before we went to South By, honestly, and they were all here. And, like, there were people there, but there was a lot of my friends and, like, co-workers and stuff, so it's always that weird moment where, like, are people gonna come to this? Yeah. Like, you know, like, I don't, like, we're not big. Like, yeah. um, and I always joke, like, the New York ones, I always forget to, like, enjoy it. To be like, whoa, if we stopped playing right now, there would be no music. <laughs> you know? like, Because I always, like, when I was watching bands and, like, managing acts, I always found that very fascinating. I'm like, you guys are creating all this noise and, like, making a song together. Like, if you stop, it does just end. Like, yeah. all these different parts. And I still it's like have a roadblock not, of the whole thing. Yeah. Record. And at least in New York, I've still not remembered to do it. I always <laughs> get off stage and I'm like, I forgot to have fun. Not that it's not fun, but I'm always... Also, I'm not very confident with my guitar playing yet, really. So, and I'm very like aware, like subconscious about like how I look on stage because I feel like I look really awkward, which is like also something I'm just like trying to like be like, well, that's what you look like, so get over it. Like, yeah. 
everyone else sees you that way. Like, you're the only person that's like, what, I look so weird. It's like, yeah. that's what you look to the general public and, like, you need to get over it. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but, so, especially, like, with me, like, learn, like, getting better at the guitar. Like, I recorded it all in my bedroom, but it's, like, it's just on loop. Like, they're the easiest riffs ever, and I joke that, like, it took me, like, an hour to play them. Because yeah. it's just, like, dee 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 And I'm like, oops, oops, oops. Yeah. Like, have to re-record it over and over. So now that it's getting easier, like, I want to start, like, getting more comfortable, like, just being able to, like, have fun on stage. Yeah. But my top priority is, like, making sure everything sounds good and, like, yeah. Do you feel like some of that might have to do with just, like, how personal songs are? Or do you feel like that's probably a totally separate thing? Because imagine yeah. sharing such a raw side of yourself, even though there's, yeah. like, all this music going on. There must be something to that where it's, like, holy shit. Yeah, I think it adds a little bit. I think that it makes me feel comfortable looking awkward. Yeah. So I'm like, what? Listen to the secret. It's like, kind of awkward. It's like, oh, like she's so sad and doesn't know what to do with herself. Like, um, so I kind of play like let that be a thing where I'm like, well, I mean, at least like you looking awkward is okay. It's not like a punk <laughs> rock band where I'm like standing like, mm-hmm, <laughs> or like a shoegazy band where it's like, yeah, right, right, cool. yeah. So yeah, like you know, going into the EP, um, you know, just. It's, you know, I really dug it. I wanted Thank to bring you. it up because I heard it, I think I heard it back in, I want to say December, mm-hmm. and Just Cause was the first song that I heard. And like, what I love so much about the song was that there's so much, I felt like it was a perfect song because I didn't hear someone trying to make themselves perfect. I felt like I was listening mm-hmm. to someone allowing themselves to be the way they are. Like, particularly your voice. Cool. Like, the cadence yeah. in your voice. It felt like you were very much like, this is how I sound, I'm going to share this with you. Yeah. And awesome. Yeah, I wonder when it came to recording that, did that feel very conscious, where, like, you didn't want to sound like anyone else, that you very much wanted to come across sounding like yourself? Yeah, it came... I always forget that... I was very self-conscious about my voice, also. Um, and when I was recording it, I basically just kept doing layers until I liked how it sounded. Because I, like, would try to put effects on it, and I was like, I'm just, like, I'm not good at this. Like, this is what I'm excited to be doing. Yeah. And so that's kind of, and then that's kind of how it's gotten this unique sound, I feel, is, like, I started out by just, like, doing a lower octave, and then I would double it, and then I would do the upper octave and double it and then like do a harmony and stuff so it's like almost like a vocoder but it's all organic it's like an organic vocoder which because i didn't like have a vocoder so i was like i guess i'll just try to emulate it by like just doing it myself i guess and for the non uh musically inclined geeky people listening uh basically she's saying she did a lot of extra work yes yes (laughs) and which is massive i basically kept doing layers until i felt comfortable with how my voice sounded um which in the end of the day, and then now it's helped me get more comfortable with my voice and my sound and everything. But when it originally started, just because you can't was the first song I actually had ever written, like the first full song that I wrote, at least from this project, like in probably like ten years. So, wow. Yeah. What What do you feel? I mean, the breakup definitely had a lot to do with it. But do you feel like there was anything else that kind of pushed you over the edge to write? Because I remember reading about like how. And you mentioned it before earlier, how there was quite a bit of time where you didn't write music mm-hmm. leading up to this. So that span of time in between, what do you feel it was that kind of just kept you away? Or just yeah. didn't come out? I think lyrically it was the breakup. But I think production-wise, like then I, when I finished it, I was like, wait, I really like, like, I, I would listen to this. Like, this is how I want to sound. And I had never, like, found that really before. Yeah. But lyrically, yeah, it was definitely just, like, the breakup and just trying to say things that I couldn't say to that actual person, so 
song. <laughs> I mean, this is definitely the golden question, but has that person heard the EP? Yeah, I mean, oh. I'm sure. I mean, we don't talk, so. Oh. But she knows I'm, yeah, she has. I would assume. If not, go listen. <laughs> <laughs> you know, going into what you were saying about effects, because earlier we were talking about uh, 1975, and something that I particularly love about them is how there's so much genre bending going on. There's so much, mm-hmm. like, a little bit of this here, a little bit of that there, and it's not adhered to one particular thing. And, like, that's actually something that I felt Fury P, where I feel like even though there's, like, an indie, there's a pop, there's, like, an electronic sound going on, it's not really adhered to, like, a specific genre. Was that important to you as well when it came to, like, putting all these sounds together? Not really. I didn't notice it. Now I notice it. Now when I'm writing new stuff, I'm like, fuck, I have to, like... Because a lot of the new stuff I've been doing, I've been, it's a lot of, like, kind of, like, just because you can't, so it's, like, more, like, just, like, indie rockish, and I'm, like, fuck, like, I want to bring back in, like, the cool, like, synth drums, and, like, and, I don't know, yeah. It wasn't co- a conscious thing originally, but I think I was listening to a lot of genre-bending things, like, the whole Dirty Hit catalog at this point. Yeah. Like, ja- a lot of the Japanese house, 1975, obviously. Um... And even Wolf House to an extent, like they're mm-hmm. kind of touted as like an indie rock band, yeah, but definitely. they do a lot of interesting work yeah. stuff as well. Yeah. yeah. That's really fucking fantastic. Um, the, you know, you brought up before how you've played only a handful of shows before you went to did the Savannah stopover. Uh, what, what, do you remember what that first full on pronoun show was like? At Savannah? Uh, or... Oh, here in New York. Oh, yeah, it was traumatizing. Oh, was yeah. it? Yeah. What was traumatizing about it? The first, you mean my first show ever? Yeah. I mean, I just never played live before, and... Even prior to Pronoun you had them? No. Really? Yeah. Wow. So, I... Yeah, I was pretty mortified, and I had no music out. It was in July. The first single wasn't going to come out until... I think A Million Other Things came... A Million Other Things came out in, like, late September. But, um, my label, this woman, this girl, Emmy, or woman, um, Emmy Black, booked it. Um, she just called me up and was like, hey, we're, I have a, I'm booking a show at Pianos, like, you're playing it. And I was like, no, I'm not. And she's like, yeah, you are, and, like, just hung up. Um, and she's like, listen, if you're not gonna, like, if you don't try, like, if you don't, you just go do it. Like, it's, like, get over that hurdle. Um, and I did, and it was actually awesome. It was way less scary once I got on the stage. But leading up, like, I was, like, a mess. Yeah. And my dad, like, walked in, like, during, like, he surprised me. Oh, really? And, like, I was, like, in the middle of sound check, and it was not going well. And I was just like, oh, my God, this isn't working well. And then I just, like, look up, and it's my father, and I'm like... Oh, my God. Hi. <laughs> uh, Are you in from really close? Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, it was just, like, it was, like, sound check was sounding horrible, yeah. and he just walked in, like, he's alone, so I'm like... Uh, like, I can't hang out right now. Yeah, no, no, the, the reason... Also, it's not going to sound like yeah. this, I swear. Yeah, the reason like, I ask if, how close you guys are, because I know when people are really close to their parents, parents could usually, like, look at their kids and just see their faces and know what's going on right away. Oh, yeah, yeah. he... He probably looked at you and was like, oh. He walked out. And he went <laughs> to a bar down the street and came back. Um, but once we were on stage, it was, like, completely fine. Like, it's very... The one thing I do like about shows is, like, once you start that first song, it's, like... That is where you're going to be for the next 30 minutes. Which you never, like, know in your life. You can go do whatever you want. Like, I could be like, oh, you want to go to a bar right now? Or, like, yeah. you could be at work and be like, oh, I have to... I don't know. Like, it's just, like, for the next 30 minutes, I'm going to be on the stage playing my music, like, the end. That's there is I, no getting out of it. No, like, that's true. That's what I love about going to shows, too. Just, like, viewing or shooting them is that, like, you go into this place and the rest of the world just literally doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. And I imagine as a performer, like, knowing that you're the one making the noise and you're there, it's like mm-hmm. you're... 
yeah, you're, you know you're going to be there. For, that's true. Yeah. You know you're going to be there for the next yeah. 30, 40 minutes. That's yeah. And it's like, well, you can't stop. Like, you can't, it's not <laughs> rehearsals, so you can't stop if you mess up. And, like, you're just going to get through it. And, I mean, it was all my friends. Like, I didn't have any music out. There's no way anyone was coming that no one had heard of me. So, oh. <laughs> like, it was great, though. Was part of the nerve-wrackingness leading up to the show, I mean, I'm, I keep bringing this up just because, like, I think a lot of people would be hard-pressed to find a, a collection of songs where someone's being so honest about themselves, but, like, did you ever find yourself thinking, like, oh, wow, my friends are going to hear this and know that how I feel about this thing? No, I was definitely, like, yeah, now everybody knows you ask. <laughs> <laughs> that would be one of the best feelings in the world. It's like, yeah, now people know. It was like, I don't know if this is even that, like, I'm not even exaggerating when this actually fucking happened. Like, what a, you're what such a douche. You're such a douche. Like, how bad do you feel right now? <laughs> oh, the fucking text messages afterwards were so gratifying. She did what? It's like, yeah, I know. I wrote a song about it. It's so true what happened. Yep. Oh, I love I'll be, like, playing Snowden. I, I can just, like, see my best friend standing there, like, But you know what, like, I, I've been through, I mean, naturally, I've been through breakups in my life, yeah. as I'm sure everyone in your life has been, and yeah. now something that's really, like, I'm wondering if you've heard someone say this before, but, like, listening to, like, what you went through, it very much kind of brought me back to the things I went through, and, like, I think what's beautiful about collections of work like this is that it kind of, what's it called? I find, I find pain to be one of the weirdest things in the world in mm-hmm. the context of yeah. the human experience. Because here you have something that we all experience, breakups. And you'll see a movie or a show or an album or an EP, it's about a breakup. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, if you're to go into your regular life and try to talk to other people about breakups, it's mm-hmm. actually a really difficult thing to yeah. make people admit. Like, yeah. So I think that's a really interesting thing you're able to do. You're making people able to look into this inwardly as well as yeah. outwardly. Yay. Yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. And when you were making this EP, uh, I mean, we brought it up before earlier about like how uh, a lot of the realization was coming within during and after the fact because it was so fast. But do you feel like a lot of the songs helped you make sense of what happened? Like, kind of like it was cathartic to write just by virtue of what it was about? Yeah, definitely. I mean, it was like actively like. When I wrote Just Cause You Can't, it was like, we were like still kind of together. We were on a break, which is when I was like, do I even want to be with you anyway? Which like, I, I never was even thinking that until I wrote it. And then I was like, huh. And Snowden was definitely like, when you were like, you know what, I'm better than this. Which it takes a lot to like, no, it's usually easy. like you did, yeah, it's like, it was like the final straw. And I was like, you know what? You know what? Forget it. You know? <laughs> I'm going elsewhere. She's but, crossing her arms now and pretending <laughs> that she's walking away. It's because I find this really intriguing because I was reading, like, you know, past interviews about you, and it's funny, I really should just ask our mutual friends about you before I did that, but <laughs> I did some research, and, like, one of the things that I found really interesting is you talked about, like, how pronoun is, like, something you consider almost like an alter ego in a way, where it's, mm-hmm. like, with pronoun, you get to say the things that you probably would never say or do the things mm-hmm. you never do, and I wonder, like, how, like, what do you feel it is about being a musician and having that outlet that lets you say things and do things that you probably can in your regular life? I mean, I think it helps a lot because I like putting a boundary between, like, my day job and, like, my work. And, like, I don't know, there's just so many, we're so many different versions of ourselves. Like, we are who we are at work or we are who we are around our friends or, like, we are who we are at school. 
um, pronoun was what I was when I was really sad and got back from work at like 6.30 and opened a beer and like started like just making sad music. Um, and I don't know, it just like has become a joke where like now it's like pronouns so small, like so sad, so alone, will she ever find love again? Um, like, Is that like something you and your friends say? Yeah, it's like teeny tiny, why well, I, I yeah, I would always call it, they would call me like teeny tiny pronoun, like so small, um, which I used to do to Julian Baker all the time, because Julian Baker's like five feet tall, like yeah. probably weighs a hundred pounds. Um, and I just dream of us going on a teeny tiny tour someday. That would be amazing. Right? Would be perfect. We could call it the teeny tiny tour. I would go Julian see that. Baker. Dude, Julian Baker is like, she's something else. Yeah. Like, yeah. she's one of those types of people that like, you see live or you listen to an album and you immediately want to like tell every single human on yep. the street, like, have you yeah. heard just Julian Baker? Yeah. When it first came out, I started getting like really sad and... I didn't know why. Like I like just felt sad all the time all of a sudden. I was like, I think I'm getting depressed. <laughs> and then I was like, I think I have to stop listening to this record. And it was the record, I swear, like I stopped listening to it for a while and I started feeling better. It was just like it's so in depth and it's so like self aware and kind of like and honest and I don't know, it was just something about it made me feel so many things and and I would be really surprised if she was the type of person who had an ego, because like to hear someone be so forthright about whatever they're going to do, you're like, yeah. wow, you're putting it all there. Yeah, you're like, man, I sucked for a while. Like, <laughs> no, definitely. I met her a couple times. She's um, really nice, isn't she? Huh? She's really nice, isn't she? She's super nice. I don't know. I just always get word vomit. <laughs> I like try to talk to her at Savannah Stopover Festival and. It was like, you're amazing. Yeah. I was just like, well, I was like, I have to tell you something. I was kind of, I was like really drunk though. <laughs> and I was like, I have to tell you that like I made, like basically like a year ago, I saw you at South by and you changed my life. And I decided, and, and like, I was trying to say like, I heard your record and it made me want to make music again. And now I'm playing Savannah Stopover with you. Like, and you've inspired me so much. Yeah. But like, it came out like, she was like, no, like you inspire yourself. And I'm like, no, I know. Like, I'm just saying, like, it's cool for me. And like, I was probably just really drunk too. And, she was like, oh, and I don't think she was having a good day either. Like, it was right after her show and she had already said, like, I'm not having a good day right now. Like, does someone have a guitar pick? Like, I don't even know what to talk about. Uh, so, um, I mean, you should never talk to, like, someone that, like, inspires you because it's always going to be, like, the big lead up. And then, like, you'll be like, cool. Nice to talk to you and like walk away and be like, duh, duh, you know, it's funny. Duh. It's like you hear that all the time, but like if the opportunity presents itself, it's so hard not to yeah. do it. Like, well, that's like the third time I've done it, and I'm like, never again. That's enough for me, at least. Who are the other heroes? No, it was Julie oh, oh, Baker. Oh wow. Her was like two. Like her first show at Mercury Lounge, I went to, um, and she was opening for Elliot Brood. It was right when her record like blew up. So many um, people were there for her. That was like one oh, of those like yeah. Mercury Lounge shows that people talked about for weeks yes. leading up to it. Yes. I remember that. And and she played Bowery Ballroom also with I forget who else. Was it Lucy Dark Darkus? No, that no, that was, it was like a kind of, It was like a kind of big it was like El Va El Vey. Oh yeah. Why do I remember this? I <laughs> was so creepy. But um I talked to her at like the merch booth for a little bit. Um and then maybe honestly at South by like last year too. I can't even remember. But 
I don't think I've ever really talked to anyone else. I was in the elevator with the, Jap- the Japanese house at Spotify. Oh, no. Um, Amber, she's fucking awesome. Yeah, we were like leaving and we were, I was at a meeting for like my day job yeah. um, and I was looking at Dylan who's, yes, yes, he's yeah. like, so he's our Spotify account rep actually yeah. um, at the Orchard and he's who did the remix that we put out like two days ago but we're standing there and we'd get to the lobby and it was like, oh nice seeing you, nice seeing you and I turn around and I'm just like <laughs> and Dylan, and I like look at Dylan and he's like, what, what's up and I'm like, that's the Japanese because no one like really notices what she looks like unless oh, yeah. you're like obsessed with her and, because and she doesn't have most, any photos. Yeah, and she's one of the most unassuming pe- yeah. looking people in the world. And so we're just like standing in the elevator and I'm just like, <laughs> like, what do I do? Did you say anything? No, I didn't. And then we were both out having a cigarette. And I was like, I don't know, I was with one of my clients. And I don't know, I was just like, they were doing Spotify sessions. And I was like, I don't want to be that person. It's like, hey. But then I went and tweeted about it. I'm verified on Twitter, so like she can like see. So I was just like, hey, I was just in the elevator with you. I was like, too nervous to say anything. Hi. And she was like, hi. And I was like, ugh, I'm the That's worst. That's the amazing thing about music, I have though. zero chill. I love that, though, because you come across so many people in music where it's like, I feel like you find yourself coming around people, I mean, I brought the word posturing before, but I feel like you come around people who do that so much that in your head you're almost like, guys, we're like around town people, isn't this fucking awesome? Yeah. <laughs> like, there, there are a handful of people, no, fuck that, there is like a fucking oil tanker size amount of people that if I was in an elevator with like that, I'd freak out too. Yeah. Number yeah. one's probably Missy Elliott. If I was ever in the same room as yeah. Missy Elliott, I would explode. Oh my god. It's just like, when will this ever happen? Like, you, I don't know, like, if you were in the elevator, you'd be like, when would this ever happen? Exactly. Again? And it's just like, I'm like, afterwards, I'm like, you should have said something. And it's like, oh I fear one day I'm going to be around someone I love a lot, and I'm going to turn to them and be like, do you know who you are? <laughs> <laughs> Other people have said that you mean something to them, but they're wrong. You mean something to me. <laughs> Your music like actually changed my life. Those other ones are liars. I've been listening to uh, the new Gorillaz album for weeks, yeah. and Damon Albarn, the main guy, he's like one of my biggest heroes. Mm-hmm. And I've been in the same room with him a couple times, and I've literally had to like stop myself from doing just that. Yeah. Like, Do you know who you are? <laughs> Do you know what's, what's, what's it like? What's a weekend like for you? Like, yeah, what do you do? How's life been? It's a whole life thing. Okay, you seem to be killing it. it seems to be are you happy? Like, do you realize how cool you are? Uh, I know I said that the question before is the last one, but actually I have one more because you alluded to it a little bit. You're writing new music. Yes. Which is great. Yes. Which goes to show that this kind of, creating this EP pretty much was a nice creative spark. Yeah. In some ways. So tell me a little about the new music you're making. Like, how does it feel to know that you're writing again? It's great. I mean, it's a way slower process, which I'm getting used to, because, like, I don't know, like, it, the EP came out so easily that I never had to think about these obstacles of, like, what should the verse be? What should the chorus be? Because it would all just come out, and now it's just, like, that's not how life works. I mean, I guess it does for some artists, but, like, you have to sit down. It's supposed to, like, sometimes it's easy, but sometimes it's not easy, and you can't just, like, like, for a while, I just wanted to, like, sit around and, like, when it hits, it will hit. And then yeah. now it's just, like, I really should be, I, I want to push myself more to finish things. As things get realer, too, I mean, with the booking agents get, getting on board and, like, this tour coming up and, like, and, like, the way that EP, like, went around with people, like, like, not, I don't know, I feel like, I don't know, it's just, like, it's time to, like, make more music. Um, and I've been working on stuff, I mean, I've been working on stuff in the past, like, year and a half, but nothing, I've, not, only a couple are, like, finished, finished songs, and whereas 
yeah, again, like that EP took like a month to make the entire thing. So it's just like learning and like pushing myself harder and like, which is what you should be doing as an artist, I guess. I mean, this whole project was like to push myself outside of my comfort zone. And now you're proper out of it. Yeah. Like, it's like you probably don't even have a comfort zone anymore, really, I guess. I mean, I still hate like photo shoots. And <laughs> oh, yeah. It's like you don't like you don't like attention. Get on a stage. <laughs> you like are photogenic. Go do a photo shoot and look at how fucking ugly you are. <laughs> and accept it. And accept it, man. Like um, whenever I do photo shoots <laughs> of artists, I always love bringing up like in the, during the shoot how this is probably the last thing they expected to be doing. Like yeah. I came to making music and that to like just have cameras. Yeah, I just like I just never even know what to do. And the music video, I mean, like it's just I always feel awkward. But as long as that's part of the aesthetic, it's like look at that one, so awkward. (laughs) What is she doing? Um, But yeah, so like I mean, I basically finished a new song, um, and it's almost done getting mixed. And I have the goal is to finish another EP. probably like for the end of August or early September, for release in the end of August or early September, um, and then to really like work on a full length. Um, but it just depends on like what the songs are meant to be. I keep saying like, if something's not meant to be a full length, like don't make it a full length. Like, That's a good mantra to have. Yeah. And honestly, like I've talked to some people about this before. A big one was Albert Hammond Jr. Cause he had an EP before he, he had an EP he toured for about a year, year and a half. And then eventually he made an album after that. But I remember talking to him about that whole period of time. And he was telling me how so many people are telling him to make a full length and stuff like that. But, like, he just knew he didn't have it yet. So yeah. it's like, why try to force that one? Yeah. And the EP was such a collect thing. Yeah. It's a, sorry, a finished product of itself. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. That's fucking amazing. Um, wow. Like... I, there's so many things. I mean, I'm really intrigued because, like, with this particular area right now, you're, like, in the way you described everything, it's quite literally transitional for you trying to figure out how to make this happen. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, so, yeah, it's a work in progress. Yeah. Forever learning. I mean, eventually it's just going to be, like, my label's going to be, like, it's coming out this date and it needs to be finished this day. And, like, <laughs> I need things like that. Like, yeah. the EP, like... There's no one new around you. I like, like I said, like it was probably finished in like mid. I probably finished it in like in middle of February, and like we didn't finish like mixing it until like like July or August. Like and and it was just me being like, no, I have to add more parts to it. It's not done yet. It's too simple. And like just sitting and doing nothing. And then <laughs> finally, like, like I just a sent it. Yeah, I just sent it to the mix engineer, and I was like, okay, like let's just like do this. Um, and it, it turned out being amazing. So, I mean, like, he's, he's incredible. He's actually my roommate. He's not here, though. Oh, uh, Steve! No. No, not he here. He lives in the basement, and he has a <laughs> studio down there, and he also works at Electric Lady. But oh, no way. He, That's yeah. fucking wicked, man. So, yeah, yeah, he's um. amazing. Like, he helped actually produce Snowden, basically. I didn't know what to do with, like, the bass part. Um, and he brought in, like, that synth part, and it was great, because we just, we'll sit together and, like, work on it together. I'll be like, I don't like this X, Y, Z. It's so much easier to work, like, with, instead of, like, but first we were, like, emailing back and forth, like, mixing notes. I'm like, do like, just take the, the first just because you can't, and, like, copy it throughout the song. Like, he's like, this one? And I'm like, no. And then eventually it was just like, I'm just going to come into the studio 
and we'll just sit down and knock it out and we'll knock it out like within like an hour that's amazing a couple of hours yeah I know a lot of people don't really find it cool to self-reflect I think particularly with creative people I think we very much try not to but mm-hmm. does it kind of blow your mind to think that this EP came out in November I believe last November mm-hmm. was it and we're sitting here in May very much less than a year and like all this has happened it's crazy like I wasn't even finished with the EP a year ago and like got to play South by and like have booking agent. It's just all very like surreal, honestly. Yeah. It's moving way, like that's what stressed me about new music is it's feeling like it's moving faster than I anticipated and like, or maybe I'm moving slower than I anticipated with the new music. That's possible. You know, I mean, <laughs> it's just hard. I mean, uh, and like summer's coming up and it's like all I'm gonna wanna do is like hang out with my friends. <laughs> like, um, uh, well, th- but yeah. Well, thank you for chatting with me. Like, it's fantastic. Thanks for coming over. No, of course. You'll be touring in June throughout the U.S. Is it, like, particularly the East Coast, or are you going right through? So, June, it's Boston, Jersey City, Philly, and D.C., and then July, um, we're going out to, we're doing, like, what, like, Northwest, Northwest, Northwest going. So, we're doing Toronto, Cleveland, um, Columbus, Lansing. Um, and we're ending in Brooklyn at Baby's All Right, which I'm super excited for and already nervous about, so... That's going to be a great show. I hope so. Dude, it's amazing <laughs> how Baby's All Right has already become, like... This might be an extreme word, but fuck it. It's become, like, a staple um, of Brooklyn. It's the best. It really is. It has such a vibe. Like, also, I don't know if it was, like, plant, like strategically done this way, but, like, no matter what, if you take a picture, at, like, of a band on Baby's All Right, like... You know, everyone knows where you are. Like with just that, with that wall. No, it's true. Like everything else, like you could be at Bowery Ballroom or like, um, like music hall. Like I won't be able to tell. Like instantaneously, you see that player, you're like that band's at Baby's All Right. Yeah, exactly. And the wall is awesome. Um, and it sounds great in there. Yeah, like, it sounds great. I've had. It's interesting. I think it's only been around for two or three years, but I've had so many nights where I've been stood in like different areas yeah. of the venue. So it's like. There really isn't, a, like, a shit place to, like, hear. It's yeah. Awesome. No, it's so true. Yeah. Well, Wicked, like, well, thank you so much for chatting me. I don't, yeah, can't wait course. for people to see you live. That's, yeah. Uh, August at Babies already. Yeah. Wicked.